Hello, everyone, and welcome to More Than Coincidence, Remembering Jesus Christ in Your Story. As the author and finisher of our faith, our Savior writes personal experiences into each of our lives, which can later strengthen, empower, and bring us peace upon reflection. This podcast is dedicated to sharing these anchoring memories from everyone's unique stories in order to collectively remember and testify of the reality of Jesus Christ and His presence in our lives. I'm your host, Lily, and I'm very excited to share these experiences together. So today we have Jessica on the podcast. Thanks for coming, Jessica. You're welcome. Will you introduce yourself a little bit? Um, so I am married with four kids in my mid-30s. Um, I grew up out east for a little bit and got married and ended up in Utah and loving it. I'm in the phase of life where I am a taxi driver, so that's my main Yep. Job description. (laughs) (laughs) Toting the kids everywhere. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. So Jessica, what memories do you have that you remember and reflect on that prick your heart in remembrance of our Savior, Jesus Christ? So I honestly have so many experiences. Um, But as I was pondering what to share, um, I felt like I should share a bit about my depression, which is not comfortable. Obviously, there's a lot of other stories I could share that um, would be easier to talk about, but um, I guess this is important. So so I'm one of the fortunate people who doctors describe as running on lower serotonin in general. Mm -hmm. Um, So like my baseline happy is lower than normal yeah. people. Um, and I didn't understand this growing up. Uh, I would say it really hit me starting in middle school. Uh, I just couldn't feel happy. So even if everything was going well, I just felt kind of blah, apathetic, Yeah, whatever. And, and then I would feel guilty because I understood that my life was fairly blessed and right. didn't know what was wrong with me. You know, I thought spiritually maybe I was messing up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, some counsel I received would be to just kind of smile and fake it till you make it, you know, till you feel yeah. happier. Right. So I graduated and, and I wouldn't say that like I was deep depressed, right? It's more just, I couldn't feel higher. Like I played volleyball and I'd get an awesome spike and everybody, yeah. yeah awesome and like I'd feel exactly the same yeah as yeah just flat right um so I uh head out to college out at BYU um I graduated with high grades from high school and I was determined to uh be a career person I was the youngest of eight kids um all my siblings are incredibly smart and accomplished Mm -hmm. Um, I have five sisters and I watched all five of them give up their, um, careers or talents, at least for a time to start a family and raise a family. So coming at this point, we lived in Pennsylvania. That's where I graduated high school. Um, it was a more liberal environment. So I came out saying, I am not going to be the woman who, you know, just, yep 
goes out and gets married and has kids and doesn't achieve me. her potential. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was me. I was like, I'm not going to be a stay-at-home mom. I'm going to rule the yeah. world. <laughs> exactly. I'm not going to do that thing. <laughs> um, so God has a sense of humor, right? Because uh, anything, whenever you tell the universe something like that, that's exactly what you get to experience. Right. So <laughs> uh, my second semester at BYU, I met Brent. Um, we dated. He proposed on my 19th birthday. That was super sweet. And we were married eight months mm-hmm. after meeting. And I'm very grateful to have him. He's, he's awesome. Um, right around the time we got married, I started getting sick. I just, hmm. whenever I would eat anything, I started feeling nauseous. Um, and then I also had endometriosis. I had really bad cycles. Mm-hmm. And so six months after we got married, I had a surgery for that. And the doctor said, well, if you guys plan on having any kids, I would have a baby here within the next year and a half, like in arms in the next year and a half. Oh, my gosh. And I'm like, uh, that doesn't square away with... <laughs> With my plans. <laughs> With my plans. And <laughs> by the way, I didn't really love kids at this point. You know, I was yeah. the youngest. I didn't like to babysit. I never was drawn to hold other people's babies. Yep. So I wasn't a kid person to begin with. Um, mm-hmm. This really kind of threw a wrench in my thinking. But we prayed about it. We um, we listened to that and... and uh, had my first daughter. I had her shortly before my 21st birthday. Um, she had some issues and being a brand new mom, youngest child, I didn't know what I was doing. Yep. Um, so it was very, very difficult to have her. We were still both in school. Uh, that was a blessing. We could still do that. Um, but because of this, I avoided thinking about having more kids. I was like, okay, I can still do my thing with her. Right. I can still accomplish what I want to accomplish. God, are um, you satisfied? Yeah. I did it. <laughs> yeah. Can I have one thing now? <laughs> exactly. Um, so stubbornly, like, not thinking about children. And I knew I was yeah. blocking. Yeah. Right? But he got to me one Sunday in church. He, ton of bricks on the head, inspired me, you know, you, you need to have another kid now. And I was like, ah. Okay, yeah. like mm-hmm. I could still probably do it with two, but yeah. um, so we moved forward, and I ended up graduating with my bachelor's when I was seven months pregnant with that second baby. Um, we sold our condo and moved out to Pennsylvania for Brent to do summer sales, and um, and that's where I'm from, so that's home, mm-hmm. um, and that was a blessing that I got to go home during yeah. this time. But I'm building up to all this because I'm just setting a story of stress, right? So you remember I'm starting at this baseline depressive level, and you add stress. Then I had my baby, and I was immediately hit with intense postpartum depression. Like, I came home from the hospital, and I did not want to exist anymore. I just, yeah, I wanted to give up. I wanted to die right then. Um... And it was scary, and Brent had to go back to Utah to look for an apartment. Um, 
So he had to leave me alone for a little bit. He didn't know all of my terrible thoughts that I was having, but he heard a couple of them and got a little concerned. Um, But neither one of us understood depression totally or that I needed treatment. And again, I still associated it with um, spirituality, you know, just needing to fix myself. Um, yeah, like if I was more spiritual, then I wouldn't be feeling this way. Like right. I'd be like a happy mom, so excited my baby's here. Something's wrong with me. Exactly. In that way. Which then fed into plans that like, obviously I'm not meant for motherhood, right? Right. Obviously I'm terrible at this. This isn't. It's not for me. Yeah. Like confirmation bias of I knew it, God. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm not exactly. supposed to be doing this. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so I think Satan loves depression (laughs) Yeah, because I think that's when he comes in and disguises his, his ideas as your thoughts and just really can take you down fast. Um, we ended up moving back to Utah when the baby was four weeks old Mm -hmm. and, um, oh, I forgot to tell you. So those, when Brent was gone, mm-hmm. the Lord inspired my best friend from high school mm-hmm. to reach out to me and offer to come over and watch the baby at night for me. Wow. Um, and that really helped me get through those initial dark days where she just was like, okay, he's my responsibility. Right. Um, you sleep. You just like survive. You yeah <laughs> yeah that's literally what it is you stick with it <laughs> yeah um and that that was great but we we moved when he was four weeks old and that was honestly way too soon to be doing a move um and the journey was exhausting I had my oldest daughter was at this point a, about a year and a half when mm-hmm. he was born and she was very tantrumy and had her own needs and we get to the apartment and it's just tiny and it's dark and it's cold and it's night and like my body was so exhausted that I was getting vertigo just you know barely able to walk and I collapse into bed and we have the baby in the closet because that's where he fits and (laughs) there's ducks everywhere around this apartment like hundreds and hundreds of ducks so I'm trying to go to sleep and they're just quacking all night (laughs) and to this day you still don't like ducks (laughs) I still hate ducks yes (laughs) (laughs) I think you've heard this before yes we hate ducks (laughs) um so it quickly like my my stress just increased exponentially I thought it was going to be hopeful but we moved into this dark situation Um, the baby was getting sick all the time. He, for some reason, always had a cold, always had a flu, a throw up, something. He, and that was like for the first six months of his life. So that was stressful. Brent mentioned he was in his graduate program, working full time. Our marriage started to get strained. And then we had a tantrumy toddler and, um, one day I just, I'd had it. We'd been arguing. Our daughter had been throwing fits and baby was crying because he was sick. And I walked out the door and I was, I was just done. I was like ready to just quit. And 
I walked about a quarter of a mile away around the far side of one of the ponds that were in the area, which mm -hmm. is why we have so many ducks. Um, and I sat down and I started having this conversation with God and just telling him I wasn't cut out for it. I didn't want to do it anymore. My family deserves someone better. And I talked these things over and just talked at God for, you know, like maybe a half hour. Yeah. Um, it was a gloomy day. It was cloudy. It was not particularly warm. Um, and I then after I, you know, I spoke my piece, I just kind of sat there no clue what I was going to do from there, how I could escape. Um, and at that moment, this ray of sunshine just broke through the clouds and shone directly on me, came across the lake and shone directly on me. And I looked up and I saw the light and I felt the warm touch on my skin and I, and an understanding that God was showing me love was pressed upon my mind. It's difficult for anxious or depressed people to feel the Spirit, but Heavenly Father was able in that moment to break through to my understanding and let me know that He loved me and that with His help I could stay and, and stick through um, the situation. Yeah. And then a series of thoughts flooded my mind about, you know, what my family, what would happen to my family if I were to up and die or up and leave, mm -hmm. um, what that would actually look like. And it helped me understand that my presence was still critical for their health and happiness, even if I wasn't very good at what I was doing in yeah. my mind. So after an hour or so, I had enough courage to walk back to our apartment and start working the problem again. Um, this time, however, I understood that God was with me. He cared about me, even though I couldn't feel things very well. And he wanted me to do what I was called to do. Um, so over the next several months, I relied heavily on this moment to uh, survive my depression. And the intense, crazy hormonal part of it yeah. uh, did go away. Uh, through the miracle of God's help. Obviously, you know, I should have had medication, therapy, all those treatments, but um, it wasn't really on the table for me. So he helped me get through those months and come back to a more normal state of mind. And then, you know, he did eventually bless us to have things get easier, a little bit easier. We moved into a better apartment. Right. It was more cheerful. There were no ducks. And <laughs> <laughs> you're laughing about the ducks. Like, they were a problem. They would, like, come bite at our daughter. and Oh, no, ducks can be mean. Yeah. They can be vicious. <laughs> we poop everywhere. Yep. Um, and then our baby was healed through a fasting miracle and stopped getting sick. Yeah. And our marriage started to improve. So... So yeah, I still look on that moment with a lot of tenderness um, that God reached out to me so personally and, and even worked around my inability to feel things Correct. that he could still let me know that he loved me. Yeah. So if we fast forward mm -hmm. <laughs> to the time um, when I had all four of my kids here, um, I'd been on antidepressant medication on and off um, as I figured out that was a good thing. And um, so I mentioned that when we got married, I started getting sick. 
and these health problems continued to worsen through all those years. Um, I ended up in constant pain in my abdomen from the endometriosis, even when I was not on my cycle. Uh, my digestion became bad enough that I um, only like cooked rice and veggies or deer meat was tolerated without making me feel sick. I started getting like side symptoms like arthritic joints, um, neuromas in my feet made it hard to walk. I needed allergy shots because the air had mold and I couldn't breathe well. And um, I started getting heart palpitations and, sh and shooting pains in my fingertips. And my children were struggling with uh, mental health problems. Mm -hmm. So once again, I found myself at a new threshold for stress. Um, where depression overtook me again. Mm -hmm. uh, this time, I went to the temple, and I sat in the session feeling so pained and so ill and exhausted from fighting the fight. And um, I just was, felt, again, that my children's problems would be better served if they had a more capable, healthy mother, and yeah. my husband would be happier if he had a healthy happy right. wife right. um and i told the lord i was ready to go if if he wanted me like i felt sick enough and like my body was shutting down it's yeah. like if you want me like i'll go yeah. i'm i'm not gonna take my own life at this point you know i've right. learned that lesson but right if you'll take me i'll go <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm ready <laughs> um and the lord's approach to me this time was very different and a bit amusing as I look back on it, I heard a voice in my mind say, oh, really? Okay, well, if you're sure then, that's fine. And I started getting this intense pain in my heart, in my chest, and my heart palpitations started going nuts. And the voice in my mind said again, I can take you right now. <laughs> and I, I started to panic. I was like, oh, wait a second. Um, well, I haven't put things together or said goodbye to anybody right. yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so the reality of leaving in that moment helped yeah. me understand that um, I really wanted to stay. Um, it helped me understand what the future of my family would look like if I left them. And I thought about my children and their unique needs and I realized that the work that I was doing was difficult dealing mm -hmm. with their problems was difficult my problems were difficult but mm -hmm. I wanted to be the one to help them through it I didn't really want to leave them to somebody else because I knew them and I loved them and I knew their God-given potential I'd had experiences to where I felt their little spirits and I knew I would still love them through the hard things that they did to me or anything else. Um, and I didn't want to risk that someone else wouldn't care for them enough to go through those hard things with them. The Lord basically called my bluff, <laughs> <laughs> which I think is so hilarious. It, <laughs> like, it actually is. <laughs> the first, you know, the first experience was like all tender and comforting. And then this experience is like, yeah, uh -huh, right. Uh -huh, like, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, each day was a gift and I wanted to do my own work. So yeah. 
from then on, my depression didn't dive um, to those same depths. I understood that those feelings were a reflection of a disease and a need for a medication change or the result of stress or some other right. hardship. Um, and that those terrible thoughts didn't come from above and that they were also false. Right. And life didn't get easier. <laughs> it got harder, but I was determined to stick it out. So when I was particularly stressed, my depression returned, of course. Um, but this, these thoughts changed in nature. They turned to being more uh, critical of myself and more negativity in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was upset that I was the type of person who would have those thoughts and Again, you know, Satan's just coming in with the constant stream of negativity flowing in my mind. And I felt like I had voices constantly coming in my mind with these thoughts. And they just wouldn't stop. I did my best to ignore them and to do everything right, uh, feed my spirituality, try to change the thoughts as they came. But one blessed day, I sat in the bathroom and I just said, Lord, I am so tired of these thoughts. I'm yeah. trying so hard. Can you just make them stop? You know, I know you're there. I right. know you care. And I'm not going anywhere this time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'm really tired of this. And um, immediately it was like the radio in my head turned off. And I just heard silence. And the difference was so stark and the relief was just washed over me and I just realized that all those thoughts did not come from me I wasn't a terrible person you know these Mm. thoughts were planted in my mind and it was the devil and that God had the power to cast him out of my mind yeah and so um so I guess those three experiences have been kind of critical in me dealing with you know, a lifetime of having more of a depressive nature. Right. Um, and there are so many other experiences I could share. Um, but I know that God's there. He knows how to work with us. So then what would you tell somebody who has the voices in their head right now and who is at that, that point and maybe has been praying for relief and hasn't had the radio turned off? what would you what would you tell them i would tell them to keep doing the things they know that are supposed to help yeah (laughs) um and just have confidence that god does have the power to do it and he can and will do it when the time is right and um that those experiences are important for your strengthening Um, these experiences definitely have helped prepare me to handle the problems that I saw come up with my kids, um, to be able to respond to them with understanding and compassion and also faith, uh, that they could be helped and that their minds could be influenced by God. Right. Um, yeah. That's very cool. Well, you would you mind sharing an, a brief testimony or are there any other thoughts before we wrap up um i i know that the savior is there i know he talks to us i 
I've seen many little miracles totally unrelated to depression. I have lots of stories mm-hmm. <laughs> totally unrelated to that. Um, he wants to guide us in our life. He wants us to counsel with him and to get direction and lead us through experiences. And um, he will send tender mercies to strengthen you along the way. While he's asking you to go through the hard times, he will send little packets of love down to you here and there to just give you the extra oomph to keep going. And I appreciate that. I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Jessica, for joining us today. And hope we can hear from you again in the future, maybe. Thanks again for tuning into More Than Coincidence, Remembering Jesus Christ in Your Story. Please follow us on social media or share us with a friend. If you have an experience you'd like to share, feel free to reach out to morethancoincidence.rememberhim at gmail.com. I can't wait to hear all of the amazing memories you all have of our Savior. See you next time.